With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Car with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. Good morning, welcome to Race Card. Thanks to Ladbrokes, Gareth Hall with you. We are live from the Crown Metropole Precinct, uh, of course, with the footy finals. It's time to head to Crown. Get down here to the SEN Audio Hub at Crown for your chance to win a $50 Crown gift card. And uh, Gareth Hall with you on SEN Track. Nicholas Quinn from Ladbrokes joins us. Hello to you, Quinny. Good morning, Gareth. Good morning, all. One of my favourite weekends we spoke about yesterday, how much I love this weekend with group racing in both states. Flemington tomorrow, Caulfield today, and the AFL prelim finals. Me and 97,000 friends attended the G last night. It was absolutely rocking. And now we're set for a big day of racing. And I tell you what, yes. have the Giga Kick team given you some content the last couple of weeks? What are you going to do if that horse goes off to the paddock, which now looks incredibly likely? You'll no, he's lost. off to the paddock, Quinny. So Giga Kick is out of the spring carnival. He won't be competing in the Everest. He's pulled up with a tear in his muscle, in his glute, basically. So he's heading to the paddock. He suffered that in that race there at Mooney Valley in the McEwen Stakes. Obviously, they kept that quiet in a way. They had that controversial sacking of Craig Williams. They booked James McDonald. They tried to get him ready for an Everest, but obviously they just can't get the work into him. And that injury isn't going to heal in time for them to give him a preparation where he can be competitive in an Everest. So he's scratched. He'll be put away for the autumn. And that is devastating for racing fans because he was the favourite for the Everest. Yes. It's devastating for Clayton Douglas. Yes. And uh, Jonathan Munns and Rocket Douglas. Um so, yeah, that's big news. The Giga Kick, who was the second favourite behind I Wish I Win. I uh, was favourite this morning. Yes, was favourite Giga Kick. Giga was still favourite, yes. So. so he's out of the Everest. So that means James Harron. We might try and see if we can get James Harron on the line. He needs to try and get a horse now for the Everest. I'd wait if I was him. Well, he did it last year with Giga Kick. Yes. So what did you make of all of this situation now with Giga Kick winning? Well, it's been fascinating. And I just think a lot was made of the ride from Craig Williams. But in hindsight, he obviously didn't It was have... a bad ride still. Yeah, yeah I know. But yeah. he didn't have the horse under him. I mean, the horse has done a muscle in the run. So... Well, I, I, I think that... You're suggesting the ride led to the injury? No, I'm just saying that regardless, he couldn't have gone any quicker than he did in those middle stages. They've gone a track record. But would he have let down better if he didn't hurt himself? Would he well, have gone... he might have hurt himself because he... I don't know when he injured himself. I'm not saying the ride cost him... Um, will suffer, made him suffer that injury, but he's... But in hindsight, it's too much been made of the ride because the horse was injured. No, it was a bad ride. What if he came out and won, though? What well, if I, kept... still, I still think he might have... They would have been unhappy with his ride if he won. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Or I do agree you? He's trying, to, trying to throw me under the bus... To um, get all the people getting stuck. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. I'm just saying that he got sacked from the ride and then the horse was injured. So it's fascinating. I mean, we'll never know, will we? And the horse can't tell us exactly how we felt over the concluding stages. And 
this might stun you. I'm not an elite athlete, but I'm sure a lot of elite athletes might compete at their premium and then feel sore afterwards, and that could have been the case as well. Yeah, but I think, yeah, well, no one can, no one can ever tell whether that ride caused that horse to be injured. No, or no, that I, horse, the, the, that, on, that no, horse could have... The, horse, the, the ride didn't cause the injury. No, you can't the, say that. The, the horse could have been injured as they jumped out of the game. 100%. He's gone mighty when you think about it to only be defeated two and a half lengths. With an injury and Correct. probably not the greatest ride, yeah. So, as Clayton's do they quote... Throw the, do they absolutely throw everything at Imperatrice now? If you had a slot, yeah, would well, you just say, name your price? Well, we'll try and get James Harron on the line... Um, and we'll ask James because he's the man that has the slot, of course, in the Everest, and he needs to go and find a a horse now. So I'd be ringing Ben Gleeson and just saying, Ben, what do you want? Well, Ben Gleeson has no say. I'd I say, imagine. Ben, ring your boss and say we want to go to the Everest. But James Harron, I've had a chat to him about this before. He's in a situation where it's all business for him, so he can't compete. So he can't compete with the tabs and the ATCs and Ladbrokes. and the Ladbrokes of the world, where they can't. Has he like, track got a slot yet? Um, no, we haven't. That might be next, I reckon. Well, James Harron could sell his slot if he wants. To in track. Yeah. So James Harron could sell his slot, um, and Chris Waller Race he might sell their slot. Why? Because they might not have a horse, and it's worth what seven hundred thousand, and yeah. they might go, well, what's the point of us trying to find a horse that we don't believe in? And trying to do a deal with connections. So if you think your horse is ready to go in an Everest, have have our slot for seven hundred. So Kumar's taken Shinzo, who'd probably be the number one Wallace C. Well, it depends how he goes today. But they'd have first crack at it. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I think Shinzo will go run well today, then go Everest, then Coolmore. Yeah, I think that's what and even Cylinder. So that's what Cadolphin they want to they want to go to the Golden Rose and then if they can get a run in an Everest. And we had a chat to Jason Walsh there the other day, who's the racing manager for Godolphin, and he was suggesting to us that it's a myth in a way that people think that Godolphin, for their cults to race in, a, in a, an event like an Everest, that they need to be Group 1 winners. Yeah. So he says that's a myth, Gareth. We just got a text off one of our absolute favourites, Trent Langsgale. Yes. Who sent me a link to Twitter, which I'll open it. Very dangerous actually doing that from Trent. It's from Mick Gurren. After Giga Kick's shock withdrawal from the Everest, no change of plans for Imperatrice, as tempting it must be for Tiakau boss David Ellis, confirms she stays in Victoria and won't fill the Everest void. So thank you to the best in the business, Trent Langsgale. Do you believe that, but? Well, yeah, I think so. I, I, I didn't believe David Ellis probably at the start when I when I did that editorial yep. for Giddy Up because I'm thinking like if you're a shareholder in the tab, you would just say, well, you're not there to make money. You're there to promote that organisation and the best marketing ploy for your organisation to be offer Imperatries and the connections a deal that they can't refuse in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. And that's but what they I've... might think that Buddhist Notches is a better chance. Well, that would be ridiculous. Correct, but so... Well, you can't say that would be their first choice. I, I think he's a terrific top five chance and he could win. I'm not saying he can't, but you'd have others ahead of that horse if you were seeding them. Rocket just texts me, horse out of spring, no comment, can't afford another $1,500 fine. Just right back, just right back going. Hutchie will pay the fine if yeah. you make the outlandish quotes it. on SEN track. Yeah, Hutchie will pay the fine, I'll see. I'll see what he'll say. 
Um, Hachi wouldn't mind. You'll pay the fine. That breaks. I'm cast. Um, yes. <laughs> um, it's 11 minutes past 11. Gareth Hall, Nicholas Quinn with you. We might take a quick break and then I'll come back and we'll see if we can have a chat to James Harron because he'll be a fascinating chat at the moment. Great idea. All right, then. This is race card thanks to Labrox. Ollie don't... is working as hard as Oscar yes. used to over there. Yes, don't go anywhere. Still plenty <laughs> more to come on this Saturday. Welcome back to race card. Labrox is making every race even more exciting. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We are live from the Metropole Precinct. This is Quinny Nicholas Quinn's second home. I do love it. Any accommodation yep. coming our way for this show? I don't know. We're at the Audio Hub here, which is located. So, you know when you've had a few drinks after a, a, a night out at the casino and you head to the best KFC yes. and McDonald's um, in, in the country and you go and have a Big Mac and you can't get a McCafe, but you can go and have your McChicken you can. and Sometimes chips. you can. I've got, got a at 3 o'clock in yeah. the morning. Well, sometimes I've got up, I've stayed yeah. here before going to track work and we've got oh, the okay. McCafe at about 3 in the morning. What's your go-to with the Maccas? After a couple of sherbets. McChicken. When you want to soak up a bit of the, yeah, bit of the beer. Yeah, McChicken and orange juice. What about the KFC? Um, Hard to beat the popcorn chicken. Just the chips. I go and get my Big Mac, yeah. Just, just the chips, the KFC. Anyway, the news breaking. I've been on the phone. I feel like we got Mick Guerin. Is he We've the, got Mick. the king? He's That's been all over this. Mick. He's been He's all everywhere. over this story. So Rocket Douglas won't come on the show because he doesn't want to get fined again. Weak Rocket. Yeah. Weak. I just had a chat to James Harron. He said, Gareth, I need a couple of days to think about it. Yeah. So he has got to make a decision now what he does. He waited to the last minute. I think he was forced to in in a way last year, and he went with Giga Kick. Um, but Mick Guerin's been on the phones as well, and he's been talking to David Ellis, who owns Imperatrice, and it sounds like that James Harrow might be wasting his time if he's giving David Ellis a call. Mickey Guerin, thanks for joining us, mate. We appreciate it here on this Saturday morning. Drama once again, Giga Kick. It's been some story, basically, since the McEwen Stakes, but first of all, he is out of the Everest. Is that a surprise yeah. to you? Morning, fellas. Um, no, I found out a few hours ago. Um, I deliberately waited to... That uh, waited until James here and have been told because obviously um, there's many levels to an Everest story and lots of people involved. So, look, things obviously hadn't been right for a little while there, but yep, he's out and that's uh, racing moves on very quickly. And that's why I moved on very quickly because with him gone and not the deepest Everest ever, there had to be that increased pressure on Imperators. Spoke to David Ellis at length this morning, he said no. That won't be happening. We go round in the Moya and we go round in the Manicato and that's it. And I said, just for all the punters who want to have a little dab here, just in case, is there any chance? He said, no chance at all. We're not going to Sydney. Now, I think if somebody put a deal in front of them, which was like the I wish I win deal, which was very, very advantageous to the connections of the horse and more of a marketing level ploy from TAB Trackside and Entain so they could afford to use it not as something where they're trying to make money. They're basically saying we'll use it as marketing. Well, I think if they had that level, and it's a really, really disproportionate deal, I think if they got that, they might consider changing their minds, but I don't think they want to go to the Everest, and I don't think that level of deal would be forthcoming from any normal slot holder because it would mean more or less they went round and had no chance of making any money out of it. Did it surprise you, Mick? And I, I said this after the McEwen that I just couldn't fathom in a $20 million race with Peter Volandis wanting 
the best horses competing in the best sprinting race in the world that they couldn't have the most sexiest horse in Australasia at the moment in my eyes at Imperatrice. Like, I was blown away that, in, that the TAB didn't do an offer like Entain did because they're not in it. If you're a shareholder at the TAB, that you would want to have the best horse representing that organisation because you're right, Mick. Entain put a deal to I Wish I Win that they couldn't refuse because it's been, it's been a marketing genius move from Entain because all of the publicity and the access they're getting to Peter Moody to help their brand. Um, I just couldn't believe that the TAB or even the ATC didn't try and do a deal that was too good to refuse. And do you think that David Ellis knows what deal that I wish I win has gotten thinking, well, I'm not going to that race if they've got that deal and we haven't? That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. Obviously, he, he, he's part of the, the Waikato stud team. They train a lot for Waikato stud. He knows exactly what yes. number they got, <laughs> as do I. And, and he's got no reason to budge from that. Hey, the other thing, too, is... Yeah. Sorry, Mick. Go on. I was going to ask, they, they which, went, if you, which horse would you go now? Who would be a better chance in an Everest? Imperatrice, I wish I win. I think maybe Imperatrice, but I wish I win's been set for a race, whereas Imperatrice hasn't been set for this. And we all know that changing direction for races often doesn't end well. Um Look, I think they deserve to be close enough to equal favourites. and Now, that's without diving deeply into the form and, of course, barrier draws. But Mark Walker is adamant Imperatures is one length better, left-handed than right-handed, and she seems to be loving life in Victoria. They had a really stringent, hard look at the figures, and they worked out if they can win the Moyer, the Manicato, and the Champion Sprint, which is a lot of racing. It's a lot of racing. They worked out if they, if they can win all those and keep the money, they are better off than going into a deal situation at the deal levels they were offered. But yes, it'll be very tempting now for someone to go, hey, we'll start approaching the 80-20 or the 90-10 or whatever that number is that Entain did with Waikato start to get around that. So um, I think a lot of people are learning about the Everest. I think when everybody started the Everest journey, it was 50-50. And then people started saying, well, hold on. If I'm going around 2.5 and someone's going around $40, we can't be on the same deal. And I think that's manifesting even more now with corporates involved because the corporates are using it basically not to make money but to sell their products. So I think the Everest journey is very much a learning one for lots of people involved. And I think the end-tame tier will end up being a start point for favourites for a long point from now on. And, and that may put a lot of pressure on normal people like a Max Whitby to say, well, is it worth me having a slot because I simply can't get the best horses in here? Mick, we've already seen Imperatrice and I Wish I Win have terrific first up runs and both look primed for big preparations. New Zealand racing going through an absolute boom at the moment and going to trend in the right direction for years to come. What would it mean to potentially have the two best sprinters in Australia and New Zealand from New Zealand? It's great for the breeding market. Obviously, Imperatrice is an Australian breed horse because she's by, um, she's by Vinnie. But it's great for our breeding market if you can send people to the sales at Caracca and they can buy a range of horses. For a long time, people were buying 1,600 to 2,400 metre horses. And then the Europeans came and bought all their 2,000 metre plus horses. And that window started to close so that the gap people went to Caracca to buy became a far smaller gap. 
But if you say to people, we've got good enough sprinters, and let's not forget the best sprinter in Hong Kong, who's one of the best sprinters in the world, and lucky Swain S, mm. is New Zealand bred, plus in, you know, in Peerages is trained over there, I wish it was bred there. You say, well, hold on, I can buy a sprinter over there. I can buy a horse like Rockin' Horse, I can buy a horse off the Bostonian, and it opens up your marketplace, particularly in Hong Kong where there's an emphasis on speed. So more than so than the rah-rah type stuff from, from the public, who who are really enjoying it, no doubts about that, Rock and Horse and Imperatriz, they've loved their wins in Victoria in recent years. For the breeding industry, it's really crucial, and that extrapolates back to the stallions. A stud owner in New Zealand is far more likely to pay 8 or 10 or $15 million for a stallion if they think they can make money out of them at the sales. Well, you know, if we don't buy those stallions, your industry's screwed because Savabil's 24, he can't go on forever. We needed new horses coming through. We've got them now with the likes of Prasir and the Super Cess and those sort of horses. So it's a very, very complicated matrix. And when you start winning these big sprinting races and you keep the Australian syndicate dollars, because syndicate dollars are different from normal private buyers. If you want to syndicate a cult for a million dollars, it's got to have the right sort of pedigree and early speed. When you start bringing those people into play at Caraca, it not only changes the entire marketplace, but it changes the perception of the sale. So while things are really interesting at the moment with English and Magic Billions, they'll go through their own changes in the next five years. These sort of success levels have dripped through feeds right through the entire industry far more than the uh, the clap and yelps of the crew on Saturday afternoons watching the races. All are very important. I call them all part of the ecosystem. But New Zealand sprinting at the moment is getting a giant boost to that ecosystem, and it's worth tens of millions of dollars to the industry. Mick, Legato $7, lad brokes, on the second line of betting. I think she was $9 a couple of days ago. Um, I think she's nearly the horse to beat in the Eagle. Amelia's jewel, she's highly unlikely to go to, to the Eagle. She'll, she'll go to the Cox Plate. Age of Kings, international galloper. And Omber Buramai, the Japanese star at $8, who's got some Group 2 form, but that's usually good enough form for a, a Group 1 race in, in Australia. But Mick Legato, how's she come back? Is she like she's probably at her right price now, even with Giga Kick Out? But is she. A big chance. Are you happy with the way that she's come back? Well, she's going to have to go backwards from sixteen to fifteen hundred, which is never ideal. It's been done before, obviously. I think they'll keep the shades, so then they'll yeah. put the blinkers on a hood. I think at Rose Hill, I'm not entirely convinced she's a Rose Hill horse. Um, you know, she does like to find her feet early. So oh, I love the horse. Her coat hadn't turned at Hastings two weeks ago. She was still quite long on the coat. And that was a sign that she was going to be a run or two away. What we'll see next Saturday at Hastings will be far more indicative of what happens to her next. Mm -hmm. But she's going to need to sprint quicker. And she didn't have the hood on last week. She will sprint quicker with the hood on. But she probably won't have it next week. So you might not know exactly what you're getting with Legato until she gets to Sydney because King Kelso plays his cards pretty close to his chest. I don't know enough about the Japanese form and I haven't studied this race in particular enough, apart from Amelia's jewel, obviously, who everybody knows is a pure star. But um, I know she's probably not going, but I think it's an incredibly hard race to line up when you start bringing horses in from all around the world. I think it's a great race. And I do think Legato can win it, but I want to see her parade more on her toes next week at Hastings. I want to see her coat have come away a lot more, 
It's a three-week turnaround. The weather's changed in New Zealand. She's going to need that coat to come away to travel comfortably to Sydney. And I want to see her sprint a lot harder when they go after her at the 200. I don't want to see her just slowly going through her gears because that's not going to win you a 1,500-metre race at Rocha. Now, Mick, if I only followed your tips on horse racing and rugby union, I would be driving a better car and I have a lot less owing on my mortgage. You're an absolute genius with both. Can we finish with a tip anywhere across the world today from a horse perspective? And who wins Rugby's World Cup? Um, I hope France win the World Cup. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, you know, people sometimes feel like New Zealand owns rugby, but they don't. And, you know, rugby's a great sport, even though it's going through a tough time in Australia. So I would love to see someone who's never won it before win it. I think it gets really boring when the same teams win all the time. So the Irish or the French should be good, and both can win. Um, who should win it? Probably South Africa. They've got a really good team and a really good team culture. Um, I'm, I'm on the Gold Coast, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping tonight the Warriors get the job done. I don't think they will, but, geez, I'd love to see them win. On the betting front, um, there's a pretty good race coming up, actually, at Tauranga in New Zealand. It's at about mm, 45 minutes away, and there's a horse in there called Lupo Santiago. Or it's a very South American-type name. I haven't got the fields in front of me because I'm talking to you boys. But he's a good horse. He's a lovely, big, strong horse, Um Kiarka's got a couple of good horses in there. It's a good three-year-old race coming up. It's race three at Tauranga. So mm, it's one of those races where you, there's been such incredible changes in the late markets recently because I think the algorithms are affecting the market significantly more in New Zealand since Entain's come on board. I think they've touched up the way they do the betting. And what you're seeing is random horses go from $3 to nine horses in the last couple of minutes of betting. What I try and do is find the horse who's going to shorten, back it, then back the other one um, a little bit later on. And I'm finding in New Zealand at the moment, there's been moves in the markets in the last four or five minutes when they start looking at Betfair and the algos start to affect Betfair. They're nothing like I've ever seen in any part of the world before. We are randomly having horses go from $7 to $1.90 and we're having horses go the other way. It's pretty incredible to watch. And if punters can be smart enough, like in this race three at Tauranga, to pick which side of the coin they want to back first, they can actually back both horses. But yeah, race three at Tauranga, I think it's the one and the three. Um, these are both pretty smart horses. The one, potentially one of their best chances in the 1,000 guineas, or sorry, 2,000 guineas in New Zealand. So um, it's the most interesting race of the day for me. Tracks are just a little bit off in New Zealand, so I won't be getting too carried away with the bet. I'll be watching lots of racing, but as Gareth will tell you, boys, I often will watch an entire day of racing and not have a bet. That's just how I do it. Yeah, and that's why we're going to buy half a million off you. We're going to yeah. get a syndicate together and we'll buy James Harron's slot and we'll, we'll um, have a crack, Mickey. Not a skill that Gareth and I have mastered yeah. watching the racing <laughs> so, all day and not so, punching Mick. <laughs> It's a lot harder in Australia. Well, people ask me all the time why I do it. In Australia, there's so much racing and so much good racing. Yeah. But you think, often in New Zealand, you'll have two meetings on a Saturday and one meeting on a Wednesday. You know, so you've only got to race every 40 minutes. So by the time you decided that you're not going to have a bet in two or three, then the meeting's over. <laughs> so it's not some super disciplined sort of wow zen-like thing. There's just a lot less racing in New Zealand. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, often I win... Often my bet for the week will be anything from a race at Woodville on a Thursday afternoon to Bathurst Trots on a Wednesday night because I bet to win money. But I'm quite happy to watch 30 or 40 races today 
and, and not have a bet. But that doesn't mean I don't interest. I, I still love it. It's really cool fun. But, um, yeah, I've got plenty of other bad habits. I need to bet to make money rather than bet to have <laughs> You can, yes. We won't go Boys there. Boys on the Gold Coast. Yeah, keep inspiring, <laughs> Mickey. Thanks for that. Cheers, boys. He's a good man. And now uh, that's Mick Gary. He's brilliant. 11.31, let's take the news. Welcome back to Race Card. We're marking our race card on uh, this Saturday. In fact, we're, we're marking our race card on a Sunday. We are live from the Metropole Precinct because it's footy finals at Crown. And uh, you can get down here to the SEN Audio Hub. We're here all week at Crown for your chance to win a $50 Crown gift card. Tom Wood joins us, of course, our expert for Hong Kong racing. Thanks to the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Visit hkjc.com. Tom, good morning to you. We've got Huey Bowman in Melbourne today. Right now, if you had to have a market who's going to win the Jockeys Premiership with Huey four or five in front of Sack Purton, what would the market be? As I say, good morning. Yeah, hello, Gareth. Morning to you and everyone. I think uh, the market would still have uh, Zach Purton in the front. Uh, we know he is uh, uh, so, so good here in Hong Kong, a uh, multiple championship uh, winner. He's, uh, of course, uh, can get down to a lighter weight than uh, Hugh can. He's got uh, the firepower of uh, John Size behind him. So I think uh, Zach Purton would still be in front, even though I think uh, Bowman certainly will give it a, a good shake. And when we had him on uh, racing to win uh, on uh, uh, Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon uh, here in Hong Kong. He said he'd be, he'd be happy if he got around that uh, 100 mark this season. So, uh, look, I think still, uh, as long as that can uh, stick in there and uh, the body's okay, um, he's handling the I think it's great for Hong Kong racing, Quinny, when you've got jo- – it's like I think Hong Kong racing anyway, from a narrative point of view, it's, it's at its best when the jockeys are going at each other, like a Douglas White and Brett Preble, from a Joe Murura to a, a Brett Preble – to a mirror and a, a Zach Purton. And, and if we can get Huey and Zach going at each other, that will be some narrative to follow throughout the season in Hong Kong. And what a career resurgence from Huey as well, because yep. he wasn't exactly setting the world alight before he went over to Hong Kong, but he's found three lengths. He's riding so well. He was brilliant on Wednesday. So it's just so good to see him riding at the top of his powers again. I googled the how much money he's already earned this year. It's quite astonishing, um, isn't it, Tom? No wonder he... No wonder... Everybody wants to be in Hong Kong. You work two days a week, and the amount of money, if you're like you're someone like a Huey Bowman, is extraordinary. Why do you think Tom's there? Yeah. <laughs> 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 if only it was on the same sort of figure as those sort of blokes, didn't they? are in a completely uh, different league. But uh, look, he, he's going he's to do very well this uh, season. He's uh, getting on the, the right type of horses. He rides Happy Valley very well, and uh, he knows this, he's getting to, to know the system really well. So uh, you, you need those. Those are, those are big advantages here. Who, who do we back tomorrow, mate? Where do we start with your specials? Uh, race seven, number three tomorrow, Taj Dragon, Pierre Ung, and uh, Zach Purton, this horse here, one at the back end of last season. Actually, one of uh, Pierre's uh, horses he flagged up to us uh, as uh, one of his horses to follow this season. And I think he trialled really well on the weather at Charlton the other day. So I think he'll be tough to beat uh, tomorrow. Race seven, number three, Taj uh, Dragon, with Zach Purton on from Barrier. Uh, number two. I think there's a horse in class five early on in the program that can win race uh, two for Hugh Bowman. Race two, number one, High Cloud. He's dropping in grade. And uh, look, he, if he doesn't win this, you'd be concerned. This looks like the right sort of race for him. He trialled up really well. Uh, he has had uh, one third placing here in the past uh, of the rating of 55. So he's down into class five now. 
And if he doesn't front up tomorrow, I'd be worried uh, about uh, high clouds. So race two, uh, number one, and maybe some value in race five uh, with uh, horse number 11, Lucky Fun. Blinkers are going on. Now, this horse's last win was off a rating of 71. He's down to 45. He's in Pierrong stable now. Derek Long rides. I thought his trial looked uh, good, uh, moved well uh, with the blinkers on. So uh, race five, number 11, uh, lucky fun. So a few there tomorrow at uh, Shartan for our 10 race card. And, of course, we've got the first group race uh, tomorrow, uh, the Celebration Cup, which comes up early, uh, race number three. All right, mate. I saw Romantic Warrior also work nicely. It looks like anyway at Werribee. So that Turnbull Stakes won't be far away where we get to see your star step out here on uh, Melbourne soil. Thanks for that, Tom. Enjoy tomorrow. Cheers, guys. Thank you. There's Tom Wood there. For the latest on Hong Kong racing, just go to the hkjc.com website. They do a wonderful job there. Terrific access. And they help the punters back plenty of winners with all of the information that they provide the punters. We'll take a quick break just repeating the big news this morning that's broken out of Mornington that Giga Kick is out of the Everest. I've already got the haters coming at me saying, Gareth, you got Craig Williams wrong. He was injured. Blah, blah, blah. Karma. Keep it coming, uh, yeah. please. Text message machine. Um, I do not have to explain myself again and I won't. But we'll take a break and we'll come back with Sammy, Sammy Williams from Little Avondale Stud and we'll see if we get Cam Luke on to give his best as well, along with Nick Quinn, because he is employed by Ladbrokes these days. He does everything. Who's so he not employed by? Yeah, that's a good point. We'll take a break and come back with plenty more straight after this. <laughs> Great to be with you on this Saturday morning. It doesn't get any better, does it, for our sporting fans. We're live on winners at the Audio Harbour Crown in the Metropole Precinct because it's footy finals. We've got another preliminary final in the AFL this afternoon when the Lions take on the Blues. And then, of course, in the NRL, the New Zealand Warriors head up to Brisbane to take on the Broncos. Whoever wins that match play the Penrith Panthers on Sunday night and whoever win between the Lions and the Blues, they take on the Collingwood Football Club after their nail-biting victory against the Giants last night at the MCG. Quinny, who wins the, the Premiership in the AFL? In the AFL, who wins the Premiership? Yep. I think the Brisbane Lions. The Brisbane Lions will defeat Collingwood at the MCG. Okay. Do you disagree? No, I, I'm, I'm a Brisbane supporter. I, I hope that you're right. I think they've got the best side, Brisbane. But the Magpies are hard to beat at the MCG. Make sure you lab brokes, which is making every race even more exciting. Um, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit camblinghelponline.org.au. David Taggart's just walked in. I don't know what he's doing at the back there. He's hunting. Is he? He's doing an interview and he's, he's, he's yelling at everyone. He's just taken over race card. Hey, Quinny, what's, we mark your race card today. Yes. What are we doing? We're going to have a couple of bets. We're going to have a couple of bets today. We're going to have one tomorrow as well. And I've got a couple of pre-post bets as well for those that tomorrow. To potentially follow the horses we back today going forward. Yep. So in the Underwood Stakes... Your mic isn't working, Quinny. Have you, have you changed um, headphones? There you go. <laughs> How's that? Yes. Take two. How embarrassing. So the last three minutes of the absolute gold that I produced yep. didn't go to it. Okay. My selections for today and tomorrow and a couple of pre-post bets... In the Golden Rose, I'm having something each way on Charmstone. In the Underwood Stakes, I am keen on Alligator Blood. I've even taken him in multi-bets the place because I think that is a lovely anchor bet. 
My best bets at Caulfield today. Best bet race three, number one, red card. Next best race six, number 10, amenable. I'm also backing amenable pre-post for the Golden Eagle at $21. Okay. Best each way at Caulfield. Race eight, number 12, Berkeley Square. And having something pre-post for the Caulfield Cup at $51. Berkeley Square, have you seen how well he's going this preparation? He's going very well. He'd be lucky to win the he's Jericho. He's going very well. And once he gets a ride that he deserves, and I'm sure Harry Coffey will produce one. With so the you're having a cracker here today. at Jai McNeil, are you? I'm hoping he has a bit more luck in transit today. He's been a bit unlucky. I think he's hit the line very well for okay. a horse that's ready to peak over 2,400 metres on Caulfield Cup Day. And tomorrow, a light one race, three number one Snow Patrol. This horse was scratched from the yes. Caulfield Guineas prelude today, safe for tomorrow. Damien Lane steers at around that $4 mark. will hopefully be getting the cash. So that's how I'm playing today, Gareth. And I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident today, Gareth. I've almost got a bit of a strut going. Okay. Well, you've always got a strut. Now... The, what about you? What do you got for us? The Derby preview tomorrow. I had a chat to Sam Friedman. He recommended that we have something on a horse too big. It's at $12 tomorrow. And have something on that galloper to win the Derby. Okay. That's what we like. Yeah. So we might follow that horse with some interest. Absolutely. Today I'm keen on Cylinder. I think yep. he'll win. I can't believe no one, all of my experts on Giddy Up and, and on winners have taken him on saying that he can't win. I was, I was listening to your show yesterday morning. Soon to be award-winning show, thank you. Well, you've got a long way to get past Giddy Up, but, yeah, um, you know, you can be second. What, what, what nugget of gold did you take from the show yesterday that you'd like um, to bring up now? Campbell Brown and yourself taking on Adam Hamilton. Who was the other person that was tipping? Or did, Adam Blinko. Who? What's his name? Adam Blinko. Ooh, was that a little bit of a... No, no, was that a little... Where does Adam... Who does Adam Was work? that a little bit of a clip? No, I, does he work for you at Ladbrokes? He does some content for oh, okay. Brokes. Was that was that a little clip? No. I'm looking around. I'm sort of not no, getting you, a lot of support from no, the board. You sent me some a tweet that he said about Imperatrice having a having the same run as a gut buster than Giga Kick. He tweeted out. Is that right? I'm not a hundred percent sure. You, you texted or something. Was it that? Texted to me anyway. That didn't quite make sense. I'm not sure what tweet oh, okay. we're referring to, but I'll be happy to look into that one. Because you said he had a bad week on Twitter. I did. Yes. So what were you referring to there? He put out a few tweets which probably were a little controversial, shall we say. Okay. Did you agree with him or not? No. Okay. And he was... And Campbell... But he's an excellent judge. But half the time with Adam, he just throws the bait out to wind people up, especially when the footy's concerned. He's a big Richmond man. He'll throw some tweets out and... And then people sometimes not only take the bait, they take the hook, line and sinker. So sometimes I'm not he's quite Adam sure... He's Hamilton's man, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, so he surpassed you there? Probably. Yeah. I, I think I'm in Adam's bad books yesterday because I was wearing one of Adam's shirts yes. and he wanted it back. I said, well, Adam, that's no good. It wouldn't fit you anymore. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's a good point. Hey, Chris Waller was excellent with Dan uh, Cobby. Still trying to suck up to get back in the good books, are we? No, did you listen even to that podcast? JJ, even JJ. The Chris Waller interview. Yes, very, yes, very good. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It. Chris yeah. was excellent with that. Um, Chris did an interview with Dan Cobby who... He treats him like a son, um, but they sat down and had a really good chat. And Chris spoke about some of the horses and where they're going to go this preparation as well. So from a punting perspective, it's worth a listen. The one thing I did take when he said, maybe an Everest with Shinzo, I thought it was just a foregone conclusion. But he maybe. Just... Well, if he runs badly today, yeah. they're not going to stop. I wanted a little bit more of a push. Well, so that's like the Everest. That's why the Everest is, it's worked in this country because there's so, there's, there's so many races that people can talk about this race about. So you, 
you, you've got the Golden Rose today. And I guess we're talking about the Caulfield Guineas in a way with militarising a King Absolutely. Colorado. But if Cylinder, like, if Cylinder wins today and Cadolphin go within secret, does Chris Waller do a deal with Cadolphin and their connections? Possibly. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, possibly, and why not? And as you said previously, if they don't feel like they've got a genuine winning chance, then they'll probably move the slot on. Yeah. And the beauty about this, the, the Everest, is that, like, the, the, the team from Ram Racing, right, this is the perfect example, Adam Fletcher and the lads, because SEN, we had a slot in the quokka, and I did a little bit of dealings with Ram Racing, and we were talking about what horses were available and, and the like, and they were getting frustrated, like Entain and Sportsbet and Tab Touch, who just did deals that... You couldn't compete with. You couldn't compete yeah, okay. with. So, so you ended up with Kim and Tari. Yeah, so we ended up with Kim yep. and Tari, but they took the pun and they got lucky with Overpass, mm. but they ended up winning the Quokka. James Harron, last minute, he gets Giga Kick, wins the Everest. So it, it, it doesn't mean if you've got the most amount of money or you can do the best type of deals, doesn't necessarily mean that you win the Everest or the Quokka, those type of slot races. So what's your – I was going to say what's your point, but that's sounded disrespectful. What would your suggested tactic be? Well, you, the tactic would be that you just basically – there's no real tactic. You need luck. <laughs> yeah, you need it's luck. It's all about luck. Like Overpass wouldn't have gone to the Quokka if it didn't rain – that particular day and it was a heavy track. If it was a good track, he stays in Sydney and doesn't yep. go to the Quokka. Jeez, he was terrific last Saturday. He was. That. He's flying that horse. Um, I like I like a few today. Oh, I like this. Um, what code? Now, can you just say no, that slowly? The me, one, the one. when I see people and they listen to the show, they say, can Gareth give his tips more slowly so we can write them down or jot them down? Because they want to follow you in, Gareth. They want to follow your tips. Race two, number one, first immortal. At venue? Caulfield. Caulfield. So we're at Caulfield first. Yeah, race Start. seven, number two, VA. I think it wins the Caulfield Guineas prelude. He's going to get the better run from that game. Yep. Race eight, number three. No, race ten, number four, Midwest. And then in Sydney, race eight, number three, Cylinder. It's a pretty tough match. There's a few short price favourites there, like a red card at Caulfield. Um, I like one in the trots. Saturday night. I think that we can play... As in tonight? Yeah, yep. at um, Melton. So, Acknow was the horse that was scratched there from Maribara Cup. Contra- well, not controversially. It was scratched for the right reasons after it was treated within 24 hours. So, Emma Stewart broke the rules there. Um, so, it was scratched. So, But it races tonight and it takes on a couple of nice horses. takes on Better Eclipse, doesn't it? I think Better Eclipse will beat it. Okay. I think it rolls to the front. It's so, a good thing. What price? Well, Better Eclipse is $3.20 in from $6. So, bit, yep. of, bit of money there. And I think it's safe to say you would, you'd be more confident to take on the favourite on the back of the lead-up that it's had? Yeah. I think Sulkin will be an interesting watch today. Yep. From a Melbourne Cup point of view, I think without a fight in Sulkin hold the... The most intrigue at Caulfield today. Yes. Because, like, Sockham sprinted like a new market um, horse there the other day. We all know that he's going to get two miles and he's going to love Flemington. Whether being at Mount Macedon up those hills will take the spring out of his, his legs a little bit. Um, and it'll be interesting to see which way. If he wins today, he'll go to the Cox play. They won't go to the Caulfield Cup with him. Yeah. He might be too brilliant. Yeah. For it. Well, they'll, they'll have Francesca Guardi there for a Caulfield Cup. 
Yeah. They're going to have a very, very big spring. I don't think either of them will beat Alligator Blood today. I do feel both of them hit the line strongly. Simon O'Donnell was interesting on the odds couple, saying that he would declare Alligator Blood if Oliver wasn't riding. He, what? What? he, he believes that the horse goes better for Tim Clark. Yeah, Michael Walker said something similar. I thought Ollie rode it perfectly the other day. Just Mr. Brightside exploded. Mm. And Mr. Brightside is an absolute star. So I don't know I don't know what people wanted Ollie to do. Let's hope that Alligator Blood doesn't sweat up as badly as Taggart is before he jumps onto the set here at the, the Crown Metropole. He's excited to be he here. Is. I mean, he's done some good work here at Crown. I think Crown probably sponsored the Oaks when he won it. So that's probably why he's got an extra spring in his step here. He's probably still collecting envelopes from that. Yep, six-time Group 1 winning um, jockey. Cameron Luke, Josh Jenkins, ready to go. There's no Sky Racing today, so I don't know how they're going to go here. Um, They'll be fine. JJ's rugged up like it's the middle of winter. He hasn't got to climatise this beautiful Melbourne sunshine yet. No. Quinny, it's been a pleasure. We've run out of time. We've run out of time. Thanks for your company. When do we start talking racing? We have, haven't it's we? It's been great yeah, fun. Ladbrokes is making every race even more exciting. Um, make sure that you gamble responsibly for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It's been great fun here at the Metropole Precinct Footy Finals. The best time of the year in Melbourne Grand Final Week. Imagine this place if Carlton win tonight. And good luck to all the Carlton, Fitzroy and Collingwood supporters ahead of a yep. big day. And good luck to the Broncos and Warriors fans as well in the NRL. Sean Johnson taking on the Broncos there tonight at um, Suncorp Stadium. I think we're out now, 11.55. Is that right, Jules? You're hurrying me up. You're a beautiful man, Gareth and Ollie. What a star he is. Go Cylinder. Have a great day. I'll catch up with you on Monday for Giddy Up from 8 o'clock. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, G.